This is an AMI podcast. I'm Juwita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. When I read about pandemic victory gardens, I was intrigued. My friends and family were gardening in backyards or on window ledges, but clearly the idea of gardening during this crisis had widely taken root. There's something wonderful about using tomatoes, herbs and cucumbers straight from the back garden. But it's about more than shoring up the food supply. During times of uncertainty, gardening provides a connection to nature and a project that yields tangible results. The mental health benefits of gardening are well documented. Reduce stress, a sense of control and deep appreciation for nature. With spring sunshine beckoning to everyone, it's appropriate to get planting. Today, we discuss gardening during the pandemic. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello and welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. My name is Joita Gupta. I'm the host of the program. This show, along with other AMI-audio programming, is being produced and hosted from home as we do our part to practice social distancing. For our latest content on AMI-audio related to COVID-19, please visit ami.ca forward slash COVID-19. Today, we are taking up the theme of gardening during these times of social distancing and isolation. In the second half of the show, we'll be chatting with community reporter Milena Kasanavichus about some of her tips and tricks for gardening. But first, I'll be speaking with David Shreve, director and co-founder of the Conservation Foundation, about their initiative called Gardening Against the Odds. He joins us now on the line from London, England. David, welcome to The Pulse. How are you? Very well, thank you. And good to hear from you. It's good to hear from you as well. What is the Conservation Foundation? What are some of the initiatives that you're involved with? Well, it, it started as an idea that I had in the bath one day. And uh, I've been promising my wife that I'll get a proper job ever since. But uh, we set it up nearly 40 years ago, so uh, it must be doing something right. And basically, I wanted to spread the good news about the environment. I mean, we, we, we hear the doom and gloom every day. Uh, we read about it in the newspapers and hear it on the media. But in fact, a lot of people, in fact, most people are concerned about the environment. And a lot of people are doing really positive things. And sometimes it's only those people, those individuals who know the good things that they're doing. Um, and a lot of those people are, are gardening. And so our project called Gardening Against the Odds puts a spotlight on what people are doing in, in the hope that it will encourage more people who are saying, oh, you know, the world is such an awful place and I've got all these problems. But suddenly they hear about somebody who's doing just what we say on the, on the tin, you know, gardening against the odds are all sorts of odds. But gardening has an amazing way of making things a little bit better. Mm -hmm. 
Tell me a little more then about gardening against the odds. What exactly is it? Well, it started 10 years or so ago when a very good friend of ours, uh, a journalist, uh, who also was working to spread the good news about gardening and uh, positive things of life, she sadly died. And uh, we wanted something as a sort of memorial to her and came up with this idea of an award scheme which would help publicise uh, stories that we discovered of people of all ages and of all sorts, sometimes in groups, sometimes just on their own, sometimes people who didn't have gardens were, were gardening and getting something out of it. And often other people were benefiting because, you know, if, if you don't have a garden, but there's a garden that you could see from your apartment or you walk past it, past it on the way to the bus, that actually benefits that, the passerby just as much as the gardener. So all sorts of people benefit. And we were trying to say, look, a lot of people are gardening against the odds and uh, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. And what about you doing it too? When you say that people were gardening against the odds, take us back to previous years and some of the projects and some of the people that you were able to highlight. Well, um, I know your a lot of your your listeners are blind or partially sighted, and we've actually discovered uh, various people who are blind gardeners. Um, and, and one group, uh, about 16 people, uh, realized that near where their uh, sort of base of, of uh, where they were staying, there was some spare land and they became a, a, a positive force. They became a gardening group um, and, and they had all sorts of problems because people would leave hoses lying around which people would fall over and they, were, they could, couldn't always work out what was in the packet of seeds. But they actually were a great encouragement to people who discovered that this lovely garden which they could see because they were sighted people, that had been created by a group of blind people. And isn't that a fantastic thing to have done? Um, so so the, the people without sight, uh, I mean, I, I remember in the early days of our foundation, we, uh, we helped a group create a garden for uh, children who had... Uh, were either blind or partially sighted, and they created a, a smell and touch garden. What a fantastic thing to do, uh, to, to, to say, we could have a, we've got some space, but you know, let's choose plants that, you know, we can sense and smell and, and feel, you know, let's feel the furry leaves. And when we feel the furry leaves, we can smell lemons. You know, an amazing sort of uh, thing for a, a child who you'd think had disadvantages, but to have us to create that ability to sense the different smells of a garden, what a fantastic gift that is. So um, I think we've we've always known 
this link. I mean, we all, everybody says, oh, gardening is good for you. But there are so many doctors prescribe uh, so many pills for depression and, uh, and anxiety. And yet if only they prescribed a, a fork and a trowel, you know, how much that people would perhaps have less need on pills um, and, and have some gardening. It, it's, wouldn't that be great? I, I have to say, we've got a young uh, GP here in London who's helping us. She's been working in the, the, the really serious uh, hospital at St Thomas's, where, in fact, the Prime Minister was recently. Mm-hmm. And she's been at the real sharp end of the problem. And she's made a little video to show uh, that we're going to put on our website, which shows you how after a long, long day in the surgery, she comes home and she does a little bit of gardening in her flat. And she hasn't got a garden, but she's actually planted some seeds in in an egg box. And she's getting so much relief and relaxation from watching those plants grow. An egg box. That's really clever. Um, David, we've just got a few minutes left. And so I really want to sort of turn to the here and now. Spring 2020, I think, is one that none of us is about to forget in a hurry. Uh, Lots of spring sunshine you were mentioning where you are and here as well. But we're all at home and self-isolating. So are there still ways in which we can continue to garden? And how is gardening against the odds trying to adjust to our new normal of self-isolation during COVID-19? Well, we've we've gone from being an award scheme to a virtual network. And we're trying to spread the news of how even people who don't have a garden, like our young doctor friend, you, you know, you can put some plants out on a windowsill and you can, if you do that, people outside that window look up and they say, you know, there's someone who cares. You know, they've put out some plants and it, isn't that great? So it's it's simple things that we're trying to say to people, even if you don't have a garden, you could still get that sense of amazement by watching and feeling something growing. Uh, so people were putting, I, I spoke to a lady last week who said, she, I must have got a hundred plants in my tiny flat. And she said, it's, it's such a therapeutic benefit to me mm-hmm. to have these mm-hmm. plants growing. And it's so inspiring. And when we find people say, oh, you know, he, he talks to his plants. I mean, we've got a, a royal person here who got a lot of criticism for admitting that he talked to his plants. But plants are amazing things. And if we had longer on your programme, we could talk about how trees seem to be communicating. People are learning how trees are giving one other trees messages. And, uh, and there's so much we don't understand. But what we can appreciate is that plants are living things just like we are. And they give out... Uh, you know, benefits to the atmosphere around us. And we actually feel feel better if we go into the garden. We just have to breathe in the garden and we feel better. And so bringing plants into the house all helps the atmosphere. And so, some of these things we don't actually understand, but 
we are slowly appreciating it. When we are in a situation like now, it's spring, but we're locked inside our homes, sharing that home with a, a living plant, another living organism. It's almost a little bit of a spiritual friendship that develops between us and our plants. And that's what we're trying to spread the word that, you know, a little bit of gardening, a little bit of showing care for a plant actually does you, it does you good and it does the plant good. Mm -hmm. Well, as someone who talks quite often and extensively with my <laughs> plants, I yeah. really appreciate that you talked to us today about gardening against the odds. David, it was a lot of fun to have you on the program and I hope we can do it again. Well, thank you. Thanks a lot. That was David Shreve, director and co-founder of the Conservation Foundation. And in the second half of the program, my guest today is Milena Kasanavichus, community reporter for Now with Dave Brown. You may also remember Milena from Growing Sense, an AMI original documentary about gardening, which aired a while back. And she joins us now from beautiful Halifax. Hello and welcome to The Pulse. Hello, Joita. Thank you. Uh, beautiful Halifax, yes, but not so much so today because we've got rain yet again. And I'm feeling like I'm living in London, England or Vancouver, I think. <laughs> well, if you'd heard from David Shree, he would have told you that they had abundant sunshine in London, England today. So <laughs> I think the weather's really messing with all of us. Uh, so, Milena, how are you doing during the lockdown? What are you doing to keep busy? Have you had a chance to do some gardening? Um. I'm, thanks for asking. I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, I have my good days, bad days or days I feel like screaming into a pillow and, and then there's days where I'm laughing a lot. So, uh, we're, we're surviving like everyone else. Um, as far as gardening goes, it's, it's, uh, it's been a little bit difficult because as you know, um, in Nova Scotia, we have just opened up the community gardens and parks, uh, meaning, uh, being permitted on the property and the sites. Um, and I am still part of the Common Roots Urban Farm um, initiative and on the core team. And we we haven't permitted our plotters on there as of yet. Uh, we're hoping because uh, we're trying to set up rules that are going to be, you know, accommodating to everyone and and, um, and keeping everybody safe and self-distancing. And, and we have gone from 200 plots to 35. So we are in tight quarters and, and we're working on that. Um, so I'm crossing my fingers for that. And uh, as far as myself on my balcony and my, my pots, uh, so my building faces northwest and, um, and the sun doesn't come around too much. And so planting seeds indoors for me it doesn't work at all. So I have actually, uh, the seeds that I saved from last year, handed them out via my balcony pulley system. Oh, <laughs> Because I'm on I'm on the first floor, so I can lower things down in the basket, <laughs> the good old fashioned way. And uh, I've got like my mother and a couple of my other friends who have south uh, facing homes and actual yards. So they've started a couple of seeds for me indoors, and uh, I hear things are coming up lovely. And uh, I'm you know once this distancing goes away, I'm hoping to be able to get my hands on some of these transplants. <laughs> That was very clever. So, Milena, you know, you are so active and you love gardening so much. I think the question begs to be asked, how did you get started? How did I get started? Oh, geez. 
I, 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 I don't know. I think I've always, because growing up back home in, in Europe, we, both my sets of grandparents, they had what is called, um, I guess, summer homes, which, which are, they're not heated. You just go out to the gardens um, and, and, and you, and you plant things. So, you know, I was helping my grandparents do that. And, and there's always been a love of just watching something grow. Right. So, and, and with, with my mother and then, uh, on, on the balconies in the apartments I've had. And, and so I, uh, I, I try to still and continue and, and, and it's, it's, it is my greatest form of keeping sane, let's say. Um, it, it really relaxes me and, you know, it can be frustrating when, when bugs get to whatever you've worked really hard to grow or the weather tears everything apart. But just the whole thing of, starting and planting and from seed and saving seeds and the older I get and the more I do every year the more I'm learning from from those around me who are professionals and you know from my own things on my own balcony because not everybody's house balcony and it's important to say that during this time um is is equal and again and I go back to depends on where you're facing east north south or west and what you can grow and how it will grow so so I'm learning and and that's what I've been doing yeah it sounds like you have some pretty deep roots when it comes to the issue. Uh, but I want to ask you a little bit about the sense that most big cities, Toronto, Halifax, Vancouver, people have often referred to big cities as concrete jungles. And so when you start to garden and you get your hands in the dirt, do you feel a sense of connect connection with nature? Oh, 100 um, percent. It, it's it's. It, not just even uh, about the connection with nature, which you know that's that's the first and foremost, but there's almost um, I don't know, maybe it sounds funny, almost like an aura that go, goes out, and uh, and I feel I'm not the only one doing this right now. There's other people planting, and you know, and all over the media, even now, you're you're seeing gardeners go on TV um, via via the. The websites and things like that, and they're showing what you can be doing during all this COVID lockdown. Um, so there, there's a sense of belonging to to another group, to another humanity, to and and of course 100% going all back to nature. Yes, and there can be all the concrete that you want, but if you've got a little bit of dirt on your balcony in a pot, it, it's just it's a like I'm smiling ear to ear. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, the question then is, if someone is blind, how do they yeah. go about gardening in a way that's accessible but also fun for them? Um, well, if, if you're doing um, container gardening on your balcony, that's, that's you know, that's pretty, pretty uh, self-explanatory. You've got your, your pots. And, and when I say pots and planters, use everything and anything. I was thinking the other day, um, I was finishing off some small yogurts and they're perfect. These containers are great just to start seedlings in. So you don't mm. have to go out and buy all sorts of fancy things, right? Uh, you're, if, if you buy cans of uh, tinned tomatoes or, you know, for stews and save those and, and they're perfect for, for um, little container, like in, in a, you know, a large tomato tin can crushed tomatoes you can you can grow some chives or um uh you know any herbs some basil and so you don't have to get all sorts of fancy things if you're in a community garden or you have your own backyard if you're fortunate enough to have a home there are ways to make things accessible so again um i i taught uh, not taught i learned the trick forgive me um 
save your egg cartons. And what you do, in fact, is actually where the eggs sit in. So you put them into your into your um, into the dirt, and then you can put the seeds, a little bit of dirt, and then put the seeds in, and then cover that whole container. Egg con- now it has to be the cardboard ones, and that will disintegrate. Won't harm the earth, um, but you've got your seeds uh, spaced apart just as they should. Uh, there's also, um, you know, measuring out foot by foot um, your your garden. So you, if you have a, let's say, a seven foot bed by four feet, so rope things off one foot at a time. So you'll have seven times four. What's that, Jovita? Uh, what's yeah, that? Twenty eight. Oh <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. So you'll have twenty eight different plants you can plant in that in that one garden box, and then and they'll all be roped off uh, to say so. Yeah, so those those are you know just a few of the simple things to make things accessible, um, and chart braille mark uh, use whatever you can plastic plastic lids that you have to braille onto. To, oh, I planted in here carrots and I planted in there um, radishes. Right, make your own little system. Yeah. Okay, but let me ask you a tough question. Exactly how complicated is gardening? So I'll give you an example. We have a bunch of houseplants. We don't have a backyard, but we have a bunch of houseplants. And my husband has this complicated watering schedule on his phone, uh, complete with calendar alerts. Do we have to make it that complicated? Do we need to track the movements of the sun? Like how straightforward does gardening have to be or how complicated does it eventually end up being? Uh, Look... I'm sorry. That's that's funny. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be complicated at all. You know, um, do your research. It's constantly the professional gardeners. If we're planting vegetables in particular, so do your research where you are. You know, in Ontario, uh, Nova Scotia, British Columbia, where I know they've got vegetables popping up already because they're, they're 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 they have a lot more sun. Um, and so things right now that could be growing in this cool temperature and weather, pretty easy to grow. Uh, lettuce, uh, spinach, um, you know, all the, all the, oh, kale. Kale loves the cold temperatures as well. And don't let the soil dry out. It's, it really is not complicated at all. Do a little research. Don't panic. If it doesn't work, try again. A lot of things that you plant, radishes, carrots, lettuce, I go back to again. Um, mm-hmm. Once they, they've, they're done and you've eaten them, you can put the seeds in again and have at least six, seven crops throughout the whole entire season. Um, you know, the, the, the bigger uh, vegetables, let's say squash or uh, potatoes or beets, um, you would probably be able to get maybe two um, growths out of them, depending on where you are in, in Canada. So, do your research. It's not complicated. You don't have to follow any hour, you know, where the sun is going and what it's doing. So <laughs> indoor plants, maybe. That, that's a whole different other thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people do live in apartments, Milena, especially a lot of people who are visually impaired. You, you've talked about a couple of things here, uh, lettuce being one of them. You talked about kale as well as herbs. Uh, are these some of the, the good things to get started with? If you're someone who's never done a day's gardening in your life, would that be where you'd get started? Definitely. They're, they're almost a, a guarantee to grow. Um, you, you know, uh, and again, and, and if, if you don't have access to a computer, perhaps ask a friend to help you do some research. Call your local gardening centers. Though These guys are still open. They're like, I know around Halifax, um, it's all curbside pickup. 
So I'm, I am relying on friends of mine to, if I need extra seeds, to do that for me. Because, um, you know, it's kind of difficult to find your way in. But spinach, lettuce, um, radishes, and, 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 and kale in particular, throw the seeds down, pat it down with, your, with the palm of your hand, and wait a week or two before things start to sprout. Pretty easy. And, and mm. almost, uh, almost kind of like spider plants. They're really easy to oh, grow. Please don't mention I, spider I have plants. known people... Yes, I, I have known people killing spider plants, so you, maybe, I don't know. You're talking to one of them. <laughs> um, Milana, just before we let you go, I have one yeah. question to ask you. Everyone's dealing with a lot of uncertainty during this pandemic. Are there lessons inherent in gardening that can help people ease their way through this pandemic? Lessons in gardening? Well, it, yes, definitely. I mean... You know, and 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 it goes to your spirituality or faith. The world will continue to survive and grow. Um, and yes, there is a lot of lives that have been lost through all of this. Um, it, just like in gardening, you know, uh, hurricane storms, uh, hail balls come down in the middle of June, July, and ruin things. But but things regrow. Things and 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 have faith and have have um. I don't know, just have the knowledge that gardening, like life itself, can, you know, you can plant a seed and things will come up and and uh, and things will flourish. They may not be looking the best, but they'll be there. We'll all be here. So will the plants. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Melinda. It was a pleasure speaking to you. You too, Joita. Be safe. Thank you. You too. That was Milena Kasanavichus, community reporter for Now with Dave Brown. You may also remember Milena from Growing Sense, an AMI original documentary about gardening. Growing Sense is available to stream on the AMI-TV app for iOS. You can always catch this program as a podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. I want to wrap up by talking about the importance of green space in urban areas, especially if you want a connection to nature, a way to indulge in a project that gives you some tangible results and feel a little less like you're living in a concrete jungle. Gardening can do so much for mind, body and soul, especially as we deal with the uncertainty of COVID-19. I'd like to thank David Shreve as well as Melana Kasanavichus for being our guest today. You can also head on over to our show blog, ami.ca forward slash on the pulse for more from me. The Pulse is produced by Andrika Delanerold. Sam Robinson is our technical producer. Andy Frank is the manager of AMI Audio with special thanks to Paula Deneen, supervisor, AMI Audio Technical. If you have any feedback for us, you can send us a quick email, write to feedback at ami.ca, or you can find us on Twitter at AMI-audio. Use the hashtag PulseAMI. This has been The Pulse on AMI-audio, and I've been your host, Shweta Gupta. Thanks a lot for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.